Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. And Lord, I pray that now as we open it, the power that your word has to change and transform lives will accomplish its purpose today among us. Lord, I thank you for what you've laid on my heart, a passion to appreciate and understand your word in this new year, 2012. And I pray that through your word this morning, you would challenge our hearts to that end. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I was very uh, grateful to Pastor Rick when he asked me if I'd be willing to share this morning, and I thought that's a pretty awesome privilege to be able to open and deliver God's Word on the first day of a new year. And uh, then reality set in yesterday as I was packing the van to head home from London, and I thought it is a great privilege, but it's probably going to be my biggest challenge of the new year as well, because I'm having to speak to a group of people that are sleep-deprived and uh, way overly full of junk food. And your internal organs are just going, what the world have you done to me? Because I know that's how I feel and how I woke up this morning and I actually took one of uh, Ida and Charles Ting natural medicine this morning and had a glass of hot boiled water. And, and I said, you know you're getting old when you have to do that after New Year's. So, so uh, I am thankful for this opportunity and I promise I'm going to stick very close to my notes And I have an amazing video to show you at the end of the sermon this morning. So, if you need to nap, set your internal alarm clock to wake up for the last 10 minutes because you do not want to miss this video. And so, uh, let's just take a quick look into God's Word, and uh, I'm going to stick close to my notes here this morning. I trust that you had a great Christmas with your family and friends, celebrating God coming to be with us through his son Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. As so beautifully put in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Did you know that in scripture, there are only two things referred to as the word? The first one is Jesus, who we have just celebrated the birth of, the living word. And the second one is the Bible, which we've just sang about, the written word. And this Christmas, in a new and fresh way, I was, I was reminded by God just how fortunate I am and how fortunate we are that Creator God has revealed Himself to me and to you through His Son, the living word, and has revealed Himself to me and to you through His written word. What an awesome privilege that is, Creator God, Lord of all, has chosen to reveal himself to us in a personal way. And in preparing for this morning, God caught my attention with a portion of scripture. And in fact, a week ago, one night between the hours of 2 a.m. and 4.30, I was awoken in my sleep, and the words of Jesus just kept running through my head over and over and over. And it was one of those experiences where I wasn't ticked off that I was woken up in the middle of my sleep. I was actually very relaxed, but the word of Jesus just kept running through my head that I had read earlier that afternoon in preparing for this morning. And it was actually a passage that was not what I was intending to preach on. But I figured after that experience that night that, okay, maybe I need to focus on this. So our text this morning, if you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 22, and I believe it's on the screen as well, in case you don't have a Bible with you this morning. Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 23. That same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. 
Teacher, they said, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and have children for him. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died. And since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and third brother, right on down to the seventh. Finally, the woman died. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be of the seven, since all of them were married to her? Jesus replied, You are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. But about the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teachings. Now for our purpose this morning, I am not going to dissect this portion of scripture to very great depth at all. In fact, I just want to focus on one verse, and this is the verse that God captured my attention with and kind of springboarded my thoughts into my own personal life going into a new year, and I believe a challenge for us as a church. And that was his rebuke to the Sadducees in verse 29. Note what he said. You are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. The New Living Translation says you, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. His issue with, with them was that they were mistaken They were misinformed and they were living on their own assumptions because they did not know the scriptures and as a result did not know the power of God related to resurrection. It seems to me that there's a link between these two things, knowing the scripture and understanding and experience the power of God. And his rebuke to the Sadducees left me that night with an inner burden going into a new year that I personally want to make sure I know the scriptures and I want to know and experience the power of God. But I believe unless I and you really understand and appreciate what we have in our hands, this gift of his written word to us, I don't think much will change in the year 2012 unless we truly understand and appreciate what we have. So just like I was reminded this Christmas in a fresh way, about the amazing reality that I live and breathe each day enjoying the presence of God with me. I pray today, as has happened to me over this last week in preparing, that you will come to a new appreciation for the gift of his written word. So what exactly do we have in our hands? Three quick things. First of all, we have the self-revelation of God himself, creator, our father, And before we go any further, I just want to make sure that we all understand three foundational truths about this book. First of all, that it is God-breathed. It is inspired. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, we read, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of the Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. It is inspired. It is inerrant. God made sure that every word he wanted put down was put down and without error. And finally, it is infallible. That means that it is our final authority in practices of faith and life for those of us who call ourselves Christ followers. This is where we go for our answers for life and how to live life in a way that pleases God. 
So what does this word reveal to us about God? First of all, you go right to the beginning, Genesis 1.1. The scripture says that in the beginning, God. God is self-existent. He is non-created. He is an, an eternal and infinite living deity. And he is creator. If you go with me to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 This is a section of scripture which actually is referring to the supremacy of Christ. But if we note in verse 15 of chapter 1 in Colossians, it says he, meaning Christ, is the image of the invisible God. It's referring to Jesus Christ, the image of the invisible God. So if we look at Jesus, we are actually looking at God and understanding the character and the nature of God. In revealing Jesus, he is actually revealing himself to us. Remember in John chapter 1 and verse 1, scripture says, in the beginning was the word, Jesus, and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So as we look at Jesus, let's see what the scriptures reveal to us about God. Verse 16 in First Colossians chapter, Colossians chapter 1. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is creator. You're looking for purpose in life? Look no further. You were created for his glory. Rick Warren says it well. You want to know why you were placed on this planet? You must begin with God. You were born by his purpose and for his purpose. The Westminster Catechism says that the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever, to worship him. We were created by him and for him. So God is creator. Verse 17, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. He is the sustainer of all things. He is all powerful. He is supreme. Anything that exists does not exist without him. Creator, sustainer, and he loves his creation immensely. Especially you and I who, according to Genesis chapter 1, 26, were created in his image. Even though we are a poor reflection of that image because of our sinful nature, which we come to learn from Romans chapter 3, verse 23, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yet he still loves us. Do you understand that this book is a revelation of his love for you? John 3:16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Romans 5:8 But God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. I don't know if you've been watching the international news lately, but you hear a lot about strategies regarding reconciliation in countries where war and civil unrest are rampant. You think of Syria, you think of Libya, you think of Egypt, this whole Arab Spring that you watch on the news. Tensions are rising. I read yesterday in the London Free Press in the Congo again. Everyone is talking about reconciliation, but talking about it is one thing and actually being able to deliver it is a whole nother story. But God, in his word, reveals to us that he not only desires reconciliation 
with us, but he has been able to deliver it through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. Listen to what Colossians 1, chapter, verses 20 and 21 says. And through him, Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his shed, his blood shed on the cross, verse 21. And once we were alienated from God, and we were enemies in our minds because of our evil behavior, but now he has, it's a done deal, he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. What an awesome book reveals God, creator God, sustainer, his amazing love for us, the revelation of his love. Secondly, this book that we have in our hands, his written word, is essential for actually being able to be reconciled to God. Romans 10, 17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So to be able to even have faith, which, by the way, according to Ephesians, is a gift from God, and without it, it's impossible to please God, we have to have heard the message of Jesus Christ, his word. This is a key component to any of us ever being reconciled to God. The written word leads us to the living word, Jesus, who is our Savior. And as Pastor Rick mentioned on Christmas Day, regarding the visit of the Magi in Matthew chapter 2, it was the word of God, what the prophets had recorded many years before in Micah 5.2, that first made them aware of the Messiah. Then the creation revelation of a star in the east led them to the question of where is the one who has been born, king of the Jews. And finally, it was the word of God again that answered that question for them and led them to Jesus, the living word. Praise God that just like the Magi, he has orchestrated your life journey and my life journey so that we would have access to his word so that we, with the help of the Holy Spirit, would be able to understand who God is and who we are and our dilemma of our sinful nature, which destines us to perish and to be eternally alienated from the amazing love of our Creator. Yet at the same time, by reading His Word, come to understand that He has provided a way by which we can enjoy reconciliation with Him and new life in Him through His Son, Jesus, all made possible because His Word tells me that He loves me and His desires that I should not perish and that I should not face eternal alienation from Him, separated from His love. This is the good news, which unfortunately I personally underappreciate way too much. This is the good news, which by God's grace and His planning... We have the privilege of hearing. We have the privilege of holding and reading and responding to. And if you have never responded to the love of your creator, God, if you are here this morning and you feel you have no purpose in life, praise God and thank God today, even if you don't know him, that he has given you this opportunity this morning to be exposed to his word and to have the privilege of hearing that he loves you and that he can change your life just like he did Lynn's as we heard earlier this morning. This good news is the motivation for mission. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, Jesus' final instructions to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. Go into all the world and preach the good news, the written word of God, to all creation. 
Remember, he is so passionately in love with his creation. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. We must share the good news. Because if I read in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, the scripture says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Such a key component to being reconciled with God is the preaching and the sharing of God's word. In verse 15, it ends off by saying, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The Bible, the written word of God is alive, it's active, it's powerful. In Hebrews it says, sharper than a two-edged sword. And only the, it has, it's the only truth that has the power to transform a life like we witnessed this morning. Psalms 31.5 states that God himself is the God of truth. And we know according to the Gospel of John that if we know the truth, the truth will set us free. Self-revelation of God, essential in being reconciled to God. And finally, it is our GPS for our journey. This Christmas, we were blessed by a family who gave us a a Garmin GPS, but unfortunately, much like we handle Scripture, it's still sitting in its box in my van, and I'm still getting lost. (laughs) I was in London on the weekend, and my wife said, why don't we just open this thing and plug it in and figure out how it works? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that the way we handle God's Word sometimes? We have the GPS for our journey right here, but too many times it sits on the shelf. And we don't benefit from the power of this word of God, the written word of God, because we don't access it. As children of God, we never need to feel lost or alone. Ever panicked when you have to assemble something for your kids and the instructions aren't there? Leads to a lot of unnecessary frustration, doesn't it? What have we learned from God's word this morning? He has created us. He loves us. He has reconciled us to himself by giving us his son. And even after his son ascended into heaven, he sent his spirit to dwell with us. And we have his written word which promises if we read it that he will come back one day to take us to be with him forever. Folks, we have no excuse for ever feeling lost, lonely, or afraid. Remember in Genesis 1.26, I mentioned that we were created in the image of God. Therefore, we are to be representatives of his rule, of his supremacy, And his kingdom, we are to reflect the moral, spiritual, and ethical character of God which we find in his word in our daily lives, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our homes. That's a tough task. But that's why he has given us this great gift to lead and to guide us. As well as his spirit to empower us to live according to his written word. Psalms 119.105 says that this word, his word, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It helps me to understand his heart and his desires of me, his creation. I gain wisdom from reading his word. It is an instrument of his power in my life and helps me fight temptation to resist the devil. Psalms 119 verse 11. I have hid your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. It's an instrument of his power to resist temptation. It brings comfort. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. It challenges me. It equips me for every good work. 
2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be equipped for every good work. 2 Peter 1 and verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. He has equipped us, Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, with his divine power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. It equips me to do good work. And finally, it gives me hope. His awesome plan of redemption that was initiated and culminated with Jesus. And if we read the rest of the scriptures in Revelation, we know that our future is guaranteed and we will be safe. Last week I learned, in this precious book, I, have, I actually have God's revelation of himself to me. I've learned that this is an essential component to anyone being able to be reconciled to God. And I'm thankful that I've learned to have a guide for the journey. So what's my response going to be? I believe our task is to first, first appreciate and cherish his word and to understand the importance and the uniqueness of it. I need to read it. I need to study it. I need to know it. And when I read it, I need to look for God and my responsibility, not look for my ideas, but rather search for his. And finally, I need to ask the Holy Spirit to help me to apply it and to share it. I pray that through God's word this morning and through this video that you're going to watch, your heart will be challenged about how we handle this precious gift of his written word. And I pray that in 2012 as an individual, as a father, I pray that as a family and I pray that as a church, may it be said of us that the Christ followers who worship at Calvary Baptist Church know the scriptures and know and experience the power of God. Your response is correct. Because you know what's amazing about that video? Is they have the good news. God, creator, doesn't want anyone to perish, to be separated from him forever. He loves you and he loves us so much that he has revealed himself to us so that we can have the good news, not just in our hands, but placed in our hearts so that our lives will be transformed. I think that's what's amazing about that video. As I rewatch it, I just go, wow. These people are excited because they were destined for hell. And now they know that there's new life in Jesus Christ because he has revealed himself to them through his written word. In closing, the authors Duval and Hayes share exactly what my heart was burdened with last week. When we truly grasp God's word, we go beyond a series of steps to a dynamic interaction with the Spirit of God. We listen more intently than we listen to our best friend. We throw off pride and laziness and study diligently and submissively, not because we love to study for study's sake, but because we love God. Rather than being a burden, studying God's word becomes an act of joyful worship. As we enter into a heavenly conversation, as you study the Bible, remember to pray that the Spirit will work in your heart so that you will have ears to hear what he is saying. 
Remember, every time we crack the book, we come face to face with God. And before I close in prayer, may I encourage you that if you are here this morning, and this is the first time you have heard that you are loved and that you are cherished, so much so that someone was willing to die for you so that you could be reconciled, have peace with God, and he's talking to you, and you want to receive him with joy and with appreciation and enjoy the benefits of living at peace with God, today you have heard his word, and you have it. Place it in your hearts. Don't delay making that decision, and you will understand why those people were so excited on that video. We will be up up front afterwards, and if you'd like to pray or talk with one of us, please don't leave this room. What you've heard this morning gives you purpose and has the power to change your lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Forgive us, Lord, for taking your word for granted. Forgive us for forgetting how precious your salvation is. We are so grateful for your written word. Look, I look at these people in Indonesia and they have only the New Testament. And yet, Lord, we have your written word spread all throughout our homes and on shelves and in offices and collecting dust. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for our lack of appreciation for your written word because in that we find out who you are and who we are and your great plan of salvation. Lord, in 2012, may we be known. Lord, we never want to be rebuked like the Sadducees were, that we were in error because we did not know the scriptures or, or know or experience the power of you, God, creator. Lord, in 2012, Help us to be passionate about knowing your scriptures because we love you and we want to know and experience your power. Guide us, lead us. We dedicate this year to you and ourselves to you. Our goal is, Lord Jesus, to know you and to enjoy you and to worship you. Give us the strength to do that, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.